money I made along the way made that happen. Most people, when they saw it was going to cost more and they didn't have the money, would have backed away. But money I made along the way made that happen. And the deal was still a win. I was able to take the equity, pay off all my losses. Did I short sale my home or modify it when the market dropped? No, because they said I had to miss a mortgage payment. My credit's too important. And I paid a interest-only arm loan, embarrassingly enough, because I could have handled it a lot sooner, probably nine years, and didn't pay down any equity. Welcome to the Get Traction Podcast. If you are ready to learn exactly what it takes to become a real estate entrepreneur, this is the show for you. With your host, founder of Traction Real Estate Mentors and president of the Traction Real Estate Investors Association, Tom Z. Mikey Fitzgerald, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, grateful. I feel uh, blessed where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful uh, we got to meet at ARIA 17 years ago now. Yeah, it has been a long time, hasn't it, Mikey? So here, let me explain a few things by way of a, I'll do a light introduction, and then you can tell everyone more about yourself. But I should probably explain why I call you Mikey instead of Mike or Michael. <laughs> That's because I've known you forever. Like you said, you know, 17 plus years now, you started with me when you were very young. You're still very young, but you started with me when you were very, very young, and I knew you as Mikey, got to know you as Mikey, because uh, you've always had that youthful exuberance uh, that was fantastic and has done you really good in business. And the, you were also one of my very first students. I don't think you were the first, but I think you've been the most prolific over the years, which I know you're very happy to hear that, right? Thank you. I was there before you had a study course. I was in the first two. It was me and the famous apartment uh, expert, uh, Michael Blanc. Oh, there we go. Fantastic. So, Mikey, let's think, before we talk about all the major projects you're doing today, let's turn the clock back that 17 plus years. What were things like for, where were you at? Why were you, so I, why were I you started, looking to get into real estate? I, I started real estate in a, uh, in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, I had done a three-year service in the military. Then I went to a job I was supposed to have a two-year degree for. And I did a small importing deal uh, over the internet. I learned about in the Wall Street Journal. I called a rent-to-own ad in the newspaper one day. I was driving down Old 40 in Hagerstown, and the fellow on the other line, a fellow by the name, we'll call him Dave M., said that I sounded like a much better real estate investor than running down his home. And (laughs) said that I should go to the real estate clubs in D.C., Baltimore, and I could buy houses no money down. Now... I was a little bit skeptical, but because I was most gullible, voted most gullible in high school, I said, well, this has to work. I started going to the real estate associations. Can imagine. I met you at the beginning of your uh, mentoring program and uh, definitely gave me a lot of belief. Um, I think we did a deal in a couple months and uh, it's been a, um, it's been a journey that is close to uh, 50% of my life. Fantastic. Funny span, how- my whole lifespan. Your whole lifespan. Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, not your lifespan, your current life. Anyway, current life. Yeah, so you're going to live a long time, Mikey. Let's I'm 37 <laughs> years old, and in March of this coming year, I hit 18 years in real estate. That's right. All right. So I did. I, I met you when you were 20, and you were fresh out of the Army. You were airborne, correct? Correct. Awesome. And had spent a lot of time jumping out of airplanes? It was, you know, I was scared of heights, so I said the best way to get over is to jump out of airplanes. You know, I, I did it every time, like you know, 15, 17 times. My knees felt like they were going to give out every time, but I did it. <laughs> you did it anyway. Did you feel the it, same way in real estate? Were you afraid of doing real estate deals? Um, you know, I tend to have a lot of belief. And I think that's what everything is. If you believe you can do it and you see yourself there, a lot of stuff happens in life. 
So I definitely was, you know, two weeks before my first house settled, I left my job with no money. I remember quite vividly at the time, you didn't understand why I did that. And I didn't understand why, you know, every piece of real estate doesn't settle, you know, we were able to get it done. And it was a uh, good day. Plus you, you know, there was an agreement you did, which has become a lot pretty popular nowadays in some other terms called a division of proceeds. So it was a good, uh, no money down first deal. Did a second one, I think pretty shortly after. And then I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I might've told you, I may not have. In 2005, after those deals, a farmer called me up, wanted a million dollars for his farm. I negotiated a no money down deal where I could sell any or all towards the purchase price. And in my one bedroom apartment, did a multi-million dollar deal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Still don't own your own house, living in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a lot of lessons You know, the market dropped, changed a lot of the equity positions. But I'd say the biggest thing I've learned in real estate is sticking with it. You know, I've had situations that have taken other people under, but I, I've paid my payments as agreed. I've done what I'm supposed to do and, and I've always overcame. And I think a lot of that is going in every day, knowing you could do it, believing you can do it and moving forward and doing it. Well, but Mikey, yes, totally agree. Where does that come from though? That's what I think a lot of people that aren't at that place right now and maybe don't feel like they naturally have that quality about themselves and that ability, but they want to have it because they know it's going to work out well for them. So what... Is there something you can do? Do you, I mean, you know, do you buy that somewhere? Do you pull it off a shelf? Do you find it within yourself? How is it that you become that way? You know, with me, I grew up uh, without much. My dad's super hard worker, you know, always worked uh, three plus jobs, best craftsman I know, but he was uh, never able to um, really, really get ahead where he deserved to be in life. So I was always motivated and um, grew up, um, you know, wanting to, um, I grew up very goal-oriented, saving money and um, wanting to um, do great things. You know, um, I think I get my work ethic from my dad and I think I probably get my ability to dream from my dad. My mother says a lot of prayers and I've just always been a, a hard-driven, uh, motivated guy. Okay. So it's kind of finding if you didn't grow up in real estate, you didn't grow up in great wealth. Or I, I didn't grow up. Uh, you know, you found it. You know, I don't want to take anything away from uh, my parents, but I went to different elementary schools when I was younger. Um, we got a lot of uh, clothes, presents and clothes from different organizations around holiday time. My dad always worked really hard. And, you know, like I said, best craftsman I know. Um, but uh, definitely, I don't come for money. I'm 100% self-made, and um, I do a lot for uh, my family. Love it, because that, I imagine that's part of the, is that part of your reason, Mikey? Is that part of the reason you got into it? Oh, yeah. You know, I always want to help. always want to be able to do for and, and um, help my family out. I want to be able to do for the community. And, um, you know, I never really was college bound. I never knew what real. I just knew I wanted to make money and um, do something business oriented and end up being real estate. And I've done quite a bit of it. You know, most likely a couple thousand transactions, definitely over $100 million in real estate. And um, I had a dream when I was in that one bedroom apartment from hopefully owning nine rental units one day. Cause I remember this guy in town, we'll call him Ronnie M in this small town, Sherbersburg. I, I really stayed in after like uh, fourth or fifth grade from moving around and he had nine rental units. I'm like, well, that must be the thing. Well, you know, not to disappoint you, you may not make much money on nine rental units. You will create wealth, they'll pay themselves down. And I think long-term wealth is the number one thing you should look for 
as you're growing in real estate after you start making money, you know, it's certainly been good to me. But at the same time, I was like, wow, if I could own nine rental units one day, you know, from that one bedroom apartment, I wasn't able to work with banks, I, I believe, other than one state and income loan for three years. But what I was able to do is in those first three years, 20 plus real estate deals. And, you know, it comes with time. So I've been working with banks now from 07 and I've been able to put together 400 plus rental units, three premier class A office buildings, a parking garage and various other things. <laughs> You've gone a fair bit beyond your original modest goal. I'll put that in quotes. Your modest, quote unquote, modest goal of nine units is now a much, much greater, much better portfolio. Yes. What would you, uh, so when people shout off, it's all, oh, wow, that Mikey must be special. It must be this guy. Well, he, I can't be like that. I Nine would be amazing, but I can't imagine owning so much. What does it take to get moving, Mike? There's no difference between me and anybody else in this world, except, uh, you know, you got to go get it. You got to take action. You know, if you take action and you take more action, that's massive action. Things are going to happen. If you take action, nothing happens. So you don't take any more action. It's not going to happen. It's up to you. And, you know, you, anybody can do anything that they, they set their mind to. Set your mind to it. Don't give up. And um, you're going to be surprised where life takes you. And you got to have the ability to believe in it. You know, I, I tell my son all the time, not to grow up too quick. I think adults um, a lot of times lose the ability to believe and dream. But if you're able to dream it and believe it, it's going to come to fruition as long as you do it. And Mike, don't you ever have any, I mean, that, look, I totally agree. And I think that's great advice from father to son as well. But let me play devil's advocate because I know a lot of people go, oh, I've heard that crap before. I've heard that. Yeah, just think positive and be good. But it doesn't work. So didn't you ever have any doubts? You know, definitely. Uh, before I got my first deal, it had been maybe uh, two and a half, three months. I got my first deal in about three months. And, mm -hmm. you know, when it took three months to get my first deal, of, of course I had doubts. Um, once I got my first deal, in between the second deal, I had some doubts, but I always believed I could do it and I never stopped moving forward. Because I worked with you on those first couple of deals. Was there any time, anything, did you, I know you leaned on me for a lot. You also were an extreme self-starter. I think that's a super important point because I could give you a, a little push and you would start running. And that's fantastic because a lot of people, you start to give a little push and nothing happens. And you push a little more and, that, and it's almost like they're pushing back. You know, I made sure I did something. I made sure I did something every day that was oriented towards the goal. You know, if yeah. you, you know, there's an old uh, saying. Actually, it's script as old as thirty thousand years old. You know, you got to keep your head uh, pointed upwards and always towards the goal. But don't you ever get down? I mean, didn't you ever? I, doubt course, it? I mean, what I, specifically I still, did you I still do get down. I still get down sometimes, but I keep moving forward. I never stop. I never stop believing, even if I'm down. Is there, Mikey, what I'm asking is, is there a trick to that? Is there something you do or a song you, I mean, something. Or yeah, you, you know, just, tell yourself you can do it. Look yourself in the mirror, say, you know, I can do this. Move forward and think about what are you actually doing? A lot of people just think about what they're going to do, but they don't actually do it. You know, write 50 things down, put them in order and put times beside them. Time yourself and do it. You'll find when you actually do it, it's amazing. It happens. You know, it took me, my first year it was hard to find two or three deals. My, my second year it was hard to find six or seven. My third year, you know, 13 to 15. But after a while, you know, there was a point where we were doing 50 to 70 renovations a year. 
And it became so easy to find a deal. And what I'm trying to say by this is everything gets easier over time. The longer you do something, the more you adapt and the more easy it becomes and the more, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but it's attracted to your life. Gotcha. It's, I often tell my students, and I think I told you this years ago too, as long as what you're complaining about is progressing, that's a sign of progress. So you're like you say, you're complaining you can't find a deal. Then you're complaining you can't get three deals. Then you're complaining you can't get five deals in a year. But then you're complaining you can't do that in a month. Next thing you know, it's, it's an operational issue because you've had me in the past too to look at your operation and get it in shape. Many, um, you, can, you can grow faster than your operation grows. And then you have problems trying to get your operation. Yeah, right. I mean, that's still... <laughs> That's still a legitimate issue. I mean, definitely you grow fast still. in the first couple of years when I first got in office, now, you know, we're looking at, you know, top uh, COO talent and, you know, really uh, we're looking at hiring someone just to lease commercial space. So you'll find that anything in life, one thing becomes another and the ultimate goal is quality of life. Yeah. You know, how much time can you spend? What, what's the lead? What, what are you best at? Because everybody, I mean, is going to excel what they're best at, even myself. So, you know, we're, we're kind of in the process of growing out again, but this time we're doing it with um, Sharper. It's a natural like EOS model company. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, they help uh, businesses kind of like structure. And also I've been able to make friends with like a lot of, you know, top level people in the space. So we're, um, so I can say, yeah, you know, structure was a, and operations were, definitely hurls throughout the years but but as you grow you get smarter and um you tend to focus you tend to uh chase less shiny objects keep your head more on the goal <laughs> you know real estate you can take it wherever you want it's up to you yeah. you can do one or two three houses a year make a hundred thousand and live a great life you can do you know 20 wholesales a year two or three buy and sells not have a lot of staff uh, maybe have some virtual staff and live a great life where you save money or you can do it to where, you know, one day you're probably headed to a billion. And gotcha. um, right now, my biggest goal is to spend the most time with my son as possible. Yeah. You know, I'm a single dad. I have him every other week. So in those weeks, I'd like to work, you know, just three days a week part-time. But um, that's pushed me to um, really get organizational and grow out the business that gives me freedom. So, you know, where will I end up? I I can tell you this, and this is going to surprise even Tom. I just took down a deal with uh, two expert real estate investors in Ohio that were having problems on how to present the deal, tied it up for 10 months. I came in, took down 217 individual properties, 156 single family homes, 433 units for uh, less than 20 million. The deal's worth north of 35 million. I got 28% of a deal where... We're selling a lot of it off. Hopefully this podcast goes out after that closes in three or four weeks. The seller, I think, already had a backup <laughs> offer, 10 million higher. I'll t- make sure it doesn't. Uh, I literally, <laughs> we literally, and I took it down. These guys brought it to me and they're going to operate it. If you were to wholesale each of these properties, yeah. every single one of them would be a grand slam wholesale. Okay. We got these for an average of 34000 a unit. The average wow. single family's worth over, uh, I mean, 37000 The average single family's worth over one hundred twenty-five. And every single one of the, we could wholesale the whole portfolio and make 8 million. So it's, uh, you never know where life's going to take you, but, um, I've, uh, I've been able to do some, um, some cool things. I'm really grateful for. I'm also working on what I consider to be a catalyst project. That's going to be a state, county, city, federal 
partnership. I want to I want to talk about your development work. So when I introduced you, we didn't say where you were. You're in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, correct? I'm in the Grand Piano Building in Hagerstown, Maryland. It was actually the first office building uh-huh. to uh, be filled in less than six months and not take years to fully fill. It was a city and uh, partnership project with me. You know, nobody thought I could fill it in three or four months. I yeah. did all out of town tenants. And um, actually, the governor gave me an award for that in 2015. The governor of Maryland gave you an award for a building that you redid in a town where, let's, I mean, some people are used to urban renewal now, and it probably needs to happen again in many places, but that wasn't the case when you did this building. It was, no, I mean, you, it were, wasn't, you were kind of the first one in. You were I was the, the first. I mean, there was a local billionaire that had some um, space, but it, it had taken years to fill up. I was the first one that filled it up the way I did. And um, I got a citation with the state of Maryland and the governor thanking me for being a um, catalyst of the town. Actually, I got two of those. I got another one for my high ability and integrity after the professional arts building, which was a uh, city state federal partnership that started in 2017 that I performed on as well. Now I'm working on my biggest one, which is the first high-end residential in city center of Hagerstown, a DC style project, 46 high-end residential units in Hagerstown. I got to tell you, it wouldn't have been possible without the city's participation, the county, which we're working on, the state and Department of Commerce and the federal government are really bringing this to the community. I'm just a, um, I'm a facilitator, but it wouldn't have been possible <laughs> without that. Yeah, you're a little more than a facilitator on that. Mike, you said that, that that's the thing. But one, if it doesn't show, I'm enormously proud of you and everything that you've done, all the success you've had, the, how you took, honestly, some simple training on a couple of deals at the beginning. <laughs> and have just exploded with it over time. I mean, you know, the governor recognizing you and the town recognizing you and the the county council, everyone giving you money and rebuilding a town is incredible. What I don't want some people to go, well, oh, well, it must have, you know, he was starstruck from the beginning and it was gonna happen because a lot of times people come to me and they wanna know, will I, Tom, will I be successful? You know, my answer to that is, yes, you can be. Whether or not you will be, is going to come down to how much you actually do. So when you walked in my door, when Dave had referred you to me for coaching years ago, would I have known that you would become what you've become today? No, not specifically, not necessarily. I wouldn't have known that. I would would, never. Would I I have given you better than 50-50 chances? (laughs) You know, Mikey, you're you're Mikey, right? You know, you have an enormous amount of energy. I think it's probably fairly obvious, a little bit of ADD. I don't mean that in a bad way. I got it too. I know many of my listeners do. You control for all that and you focus your energy. You focus your enthusiasm on getting real estate deals done because something triggered in you that you just had to make this happen. And you're unrelentless in your pursuit of getting deals done. I think that's the key. So when someone comes to me and says, Tom, am I going to be successful? Are you unrelentless? Are you as unrelentless as Mikey? I think that's one of the keys to success. Do you agree? I not only agree, I never asked for any of my newspaper articles. I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you Google my name, Hagerstown, you'll see on the first three pages of newspaper articles, I never asked for any of them. I never approached the paper. I never asked for congressional center recognition. But if you would have told me I would have got this when I first started, it would have only been a far out dream. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to take care of my family. But, you know, just believing in it, not really going for it, but no, doing what I doing it every day made it possible. You know, I went from nobody knowing who I was to getting sworn into the city four years ago and making code changes. 
So amazing, right? It's been a good journey, but from one year to the next, I, I would have never thought I would have had two people in the office. I never thought I would have had 10 people in the office. I never, every year, you know, a year ago, somebody could have said, Mike, I want you to go out and pick up 217 grand slam wholesale deals at the same time. I would have said impossible. <laughs> impossible. So what I'm trying to say is, is you never know where life's going to take you, but unless you do, unless you actually make, do stuff, make progress, write down what you're doing and move forward, you're never going to know. Everybody out there is capable and they're capable when they make themselves capable. They're not capable by talking about it. They're not capable about, you know, doing some advertising and not picking up calls. They're capable about saying, here's what I'm going to do and doing it and whether it works or not, moving forward with it. I, you know, I'm just a poor boy from a poor family, a good family. I uh, barely passed high school, two point, I think, four or five GPA, but it's a... Uh, Never underestimate it, the C it, student. It, <laughs> it's the C it, student that changes the world. It, 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 it's been a surprising journey. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me today what, what I'm going to go to tomorrow, I'd say the same thing. I'm, I'm going to work my hardest, do my best, keep up with uh, relationships, contacts. I've been able to meet through this a lot, some very cool people around the world and travel around the world. And, you know, I'll send you some personal pictures, Tom, but <laughs> I didn't do it because I'm special. I didn't do it because somebody, because it was given to me. It happened because I took initiative. I put some banded signs out there. I talked to my first seller. I met the guy. I looked 10 years old at the time. I was in a tie, always saying I needed to get back to my senior assistant. You only barely look 20 now. So, yeah, you did look look 10 when I mentioned. That's why I call you Mikey. That's what Tom told me to do. And (laughs) I'm saying when you get in something like this, you really need a mentor. It's worth every penny of the money. And you need that so you can be pointed in the right direction and get that little extra push. Because guess what? If you do it and you stick with it, you're going to make money and it's going to be a a drop in the bucket compared to what you can do with intentional focus. Even if that focus happens to be a little bit ADHD, you know, across (laughs) the board, you know, you're going to get a lot done. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Again, we're not picking on it. We're, we're pointing it out that it's a good thing. Mikey, again, I feel like I've got to put another point on that. Everything you just said, 100% true. What's interesting is I would claim probably 100% people have heard that before. It's not like that's the first time they've heard, you know, work hard, stay focused, go after your goals, be unrelenting. It, that's not new. What the only, and so I think a lot of times people think I have to learn something different. I have to learn something new. I have to learn what's working now. I have to, there's something behind door number three. I gotta, I gotta have the bright, shiny object where everything you said is classic success strategy. It's all it took is the basics and the fundamentals is what have made you successful. Not anything random or not something you had to pay an enormous amount of money for, not something that is a hidden secret or you had to climb to the top of some mountain in Asia. It's the fundamentals stick to them. Everybody knows them, but nobody sticks to them. You did, and you've become massively successful. And I got a challenge to everybody that's heard that before, maybe even paid a mentor before. What did you actually do? What action steps, other than showing up for a course or talking to a mentor, did you actually take? And out of those action steps, how many of them were consistent? You know, six years ago or seven years ago, I joined the Collective Genius Mastermind. It's like the number one mastermind of space. A lot of guys do a couple hundred deals a year. They're, they're top mentors or whatnot. And I've been a member for six or seven years. I pay 20000 a year to be a member. Why would I do that? Because one thing I learned, one thing, 
can pay for everything. I just got this deal out of that room from two of the top, two really top tier guys that did 80 to 100 turnkey homes a year that did not present this deal. It wouldn't have happened without me. That's, that's clear. But I got it from being part of that room. When you have a mentor, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to meet other people that are mentored by the person. Things grow, relationships grow. But unless you embark on that path, unless you take the action, it's not going to happen. And even if you embark on that path, but you don't take the action, you don't do what you need to do, it's still not going to happen. It's really up to you and, you know, to, to do what needs to be done as an individual. I mean, I definitely think if, you, if you're really serious about doing real estate and you really want to get to that next level, I, I would get a mentor and I would take action. I would not only do what was asked of me to do, I would do more than it's asked because you may be tired, you may be working a job and, you know, you may be doing this in the evenings. Where do you want to be in the future? Where do you end up, want to end up in life? How important is it to you really? Because if it's not important to you to advance your life, if you're not willing to take the action, then don't get a mentor. But if you want to take the action and you really dream and you really want to do it, do it, take the action, and you know, the, you'll uh, be rewarded. In my personal experience. Double down, triple down on the fundamentals that make them happen. That's absolutely right. You know, when I was in a one-bedroom apartment, I never imagined myself uh, even living where I'm at today. And, you know, it's I, I had somebody visit me. It's just where I've been able to get. And I don't want to, you know, I'm very, very humble. I just get, I have some pride because of where I've come from and, you know, how I grew up moving from house to house when I was younger. And, you know, I've been able to buy one of the most premier houses in town that belonged to a businessman with 6,000 employees because I stuck with real estate, you know, I remember thinking after my second deal, I think I had a break of like four months and I got three or four deals over four months. You're always going to have that hinge of doubt, you know, don't uh, be a director of negative, be a director of positive and move forward. Yep. Mikey, I'm always amazed at how it comes down to the fundamentals and yet everybody wants bright, shiny new objects, but it's the fundamentals that, that make a solid, awesome real estate investor and solid, awesome real estate investing business. So you're doing your, your first deal. I feel like we should recount somewhat of that because that was a particularly legendary closing. Do you remember the call you got that morning from the uh, settlement company? Yeah. So the seller was arrested by the buyer <laughs> three or four months previously for back child support. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I was worried, you know, I had, I had all my $500 credit cards. I had all the money I saved up in the military, like 20 some thousand or 30,000 in the deal. What if it fell through? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have title to the house. I just had the rights for the division of proceeds and for sale to go through. But thankfully they found it funny and it all worked out. But when you have the seller and the buyer at the same table and buyer put the seller in handcuffs three or four months before, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, look, I mean, the, the state trooper definitely kept a uh, high degree of profession, you know, professionalism, which I suppose was expected. I'll, I'll never forget the look on the, because I was at that settlement with you, I'll never forget the look on the seller's face when he was kind of looking across the table at the, at the buyer, at, at the cop, and he had this weird chuckle, and the cop just coolly looked back at him and said, what's the matter? Don't recognize me out of uniform? <laughs> it his was, answer, I think his answer was, I, I don't recognize you sober. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. You know, I'll say something. Um, 
a couple years later, five or six years later, I ran into that police officer and thank God I only did my own work to the first two homes after that I hired people, you know, looked at them professionally, have a mm-hmm. very good reputation for high end work. But the police officer was telling me how he redid the plumbing and flooring and everything I did. I was like, well, there's a reason I don't do my own work today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very honest stuff. Yeah. Look, there was now that's an interesting thing to think about as well, because I remember one time you asked me to go out to the property and look at it with you. And I showed up and looked around and you weren't there. And you were over at the garage. There was an old um, cinder block garage and you were taking it down single-handedly with a sledgehammer. I don't think I could do that today. I'd like to think I could. Still strong as an ox. I was in that that great military shape. Yeah. I don't think people in my office would believe today if I told them I took down a, uh, you know, like a 30 by like 20 foot block garage by hand. But I shook my head and said, why are you taking out a garage with a sledgehammer all alone? You said, because everybody you had hired to help you left and quit that morning. (laughs) It would have been too hard for him. Of course. I did, though. I did take that down. You took it all down by yourself and you definitely by yourself because you pointed at an extra sledgehammer and said, and said, Hey Tom, there's a sledgehammer. And I said, yes. I I think you quietly said no. I just said, yes, that is a sledgehammer, but I'm not going to be picking it up. (laughs) You're going to learn your lesson. The the hardest part I remember wasn't even taking it down. It was like putting everything in the dumpster. (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah. Once you smash all the, all the, uh, smash all the, actually pick it up at that point. (laughs) Before that, you just get the sludge. You did a lot of work. I would say you sweated for every penny on that deal. And now you've learned to avoid the temptation to do the work yourself. Was there a a shift that occurred other than the practicality of it all, Mikey? Yeah, you know, I started realizing a long time ago that if you do everything yourself, you only get so far and you only have so much quality of life. Yeah. You know, recently in recent years, I've worn a couple hats again, but um you know, I realize that it's good to do what you're best at. You know, I know I'm really good at like the long, like I'm probably 150% visionary. And as your business grows, you got to look at your skills. And if, um, you know, even if you're an operations guy, you're going to go a lot further with a visionary and a visionary is going to go a lot farther with an operations guy. And I think the ultimate wow. goal is, is quality of life for you and your employees, a good retirement. And, um, which, you know, obviously real estate's done is going to do quite well. And, um, you know, do knowing your why, you know, your why is for time. So at first you got to put a lot of time in, but you want to definitely get your business to a point where it can self-operate and you can attract high level folks. Gotcha. Now I want to unpack a little bit of what you said. It's a lot different than it was when I first started. It's probably a lot more than a lot of these and a lot of folks looking to do real estate or even thinking about today, it's probably, you know, it's a 15 year down the road thing for sure. Gotcha. Definitely. All right. So there's time to build, but I think you said something that's important and it was not necessarily about, you can use it in partnerships, but even hiring people, you're talking about bringing on a balance in the team. So whatever your team is, whether it's employees or equal business partners, you have to have balanced strengths because if you bring on someone who's just like you, now you have the same strengths, but you also have the same weaknesses. So double strength, double weakness doesn't tend to work out. You're talking about bringing balance into the team. Well, it, it's really a marriage. You know, I'm at a different uh, level than most folks. I don't want to call it, you know, accidental, but, yeah. you know, right now I have some very unique uh, relationships to grow with very unique people around the world. And I have some, I have a very unique skill set of um, being able to structure as a lot of people in CG would say, 
deals that other guys can't structure just by looking at them in five minutes, knowing the best way to go about it. And it's kind of like a gift. So I want to go to where my talents are fun and where I can create the most value. You know, I've spent 5% of my time on that, but I've been able to do amazing deals on apartment complexes, um, with other real estate professionals, et cetera. So as you grow, which isn't really something you're thinking about this far off in the future, I realized four years ago in the Collective Genius Mastermind that, hey, I needed a good COO. Now I've had some iterations and COO is a marriage. So it's hard to find the right person and it doesn't always work out. But just as I've done when I started real estate, I don't give up. I keep going. Until I, you know, I don't get deterred no matter how many bumps in the head I get, which is for people just beginning. Whether you win or lose on your first deal, you've lost if you haven't done your second. Yep. You win if you do your second. So, you know, now I think we've been able to find the right fit for that role. And, um, you know, it's uh, you have to be willing to hand everything over. But um, I think uh, we have a bright future in the company. And I think uh, the future would say, Probably after about a year from now, um, I don't have to be here. I can do what matters. And if I want to not work 15 weeks a year, I can do that. But it took a long time to get there. Gotcha. And I, not everybody wants to make those sacrifices, you know. No, everyone's got different goals and is going to build a business that fits them and their goals. If you're in a one-bedroom apartment, you wholesale five houses a year, rehab a couple, you're going to retire pretty nice. Yeah. It's all what you want to do, you know. I'm at 37 years old, spending time with my son and uh, my family, especially, you know, my dad's not in the best health and has become a top priority. But also um, when I got a call to buy a, uh, a 50,000 foot office building and I hadn't done a deal over 5,000 square feet and very few of those, I did it because I made a really good deal. I took initiative a lot. And when everybody said I couldn't, it would take 10 years to fill and you'd only get other downtown tenants. I knocked on doors in other city over, got everybody to open up second locations and uh, got all new people uh, in a school board lease and hospice uh, downtown. I filled up a building really quick. The point of this is nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. What people can do is give you the ability to do. It's up to you what you do. And, and, you know, I I know I keep going back to this because I, 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 Tom's explained to me this podcast is geared towards people that want to get into real estate. So I think it's important to know that you can do anything you set your mind to if you do it. Yeah. And if you spend, you know, whatever it is on a mentor before, it can be very expensive. I've spent $140,000 to be part of a mastermind. I spent 50000 plus on real estate courses. But no matter what it is, you got to look at it. What did you actually do? Where are you at now? Where do you want to be? And what are you willing to do today? And when you ask yourself that, if you're willing to put in the effort, if you're willing to, you know, not only do what told you to do, but go above and beyond, I really feel in my heart of hearts, you're going to, you're going to be successful and you're going to get the dreams you wish. I think that makes a lot of sense, Mikey. So if you look back over last almost two decades, what would you have done different? Something go wrong? I mean, what? If I could go back to today, tell the the Mikey, where do I begin? Okay, so my farm deal I did, I netted $1.187 million in equity. Okay. Well, this was in 06, and I got an offer to pretty much sell everything at a million of that equity. I didn't do it. The equity I had left, I did a stated income deal on the farmhouse, paid off 300000 in real estate losses, 
started after paying the farmer, started the new market, owing six hundred thousand on a house that went down to two hundred thousand, and about thirty thousand dollars again. The farm deal when I started it to subdivide, I thought it would take me four months. It took me seventeen. I thought it would take me thousand. <laughs> it took me seventy. Money I made along the way made that happen. Most people, when they saw it was going to cost more and they didn't have the money, would have backed away. But money I made along the way made that happen. And the deal was still a win. I was able to take the equity, pay off all my losses. Did I short sale my home or modify it when the market dropped? No, because they said I had to miss a mortgage payment. My credit's too important. And I paid a interest-only arm loan, embarrassingly enough, because I could have handled it a lot sooner, probably nine years, and didn't pay down any equity. Then about seven or eight years ago, I, I got in a suit. And it became a story at BB&T. I drove down in a, in a car I never posted because I'm not much of a bragger about stuff like this. Never put it on social media. My Jaguar F-Type R fully loaded. Double parked out front of BB&T. <laughs> walked in with a suit and a briefcase. Memorized the top three people's name on the way down. Asked for them by name. Mm-hmm. They believed that I was there to meet them so much. They got all their offices on the phone. Security escorted me out 20 minutes later. What's the point of this? The head of security for BB&T called me the very next day and asked me what that was about. I told him within 24 hours, I got an agreement in the mail for a 20-year uh, interest and principal mortgage at 3.75%. So what did I do that was different? I took initiative. I said, <laughs> it's a little hey, weird, but yeah, it was different. People. So to make a long story short, about three years ago, I was working with BB&T on the professional arts building loan at the building house at the Chamber of Commerce. Very iconic building. Best example of an Art Deco building outside Baltimore. It's attached to Barbara Ingram School, the number one art school. And uh, I told the president of BB&T the story. He was able to talk to the head people. Sure enough, they remembered it and they found it. They found it hilarious and actually wanted to see me when they came to town. They remembered when the young guy showed up and asked for him by name. <laughs> actually, the president of, of all of BB&T Bank. The local market president told about this and remember when I came in because they actually got a hold of him about it because I went in there and said, hey, I'm here to meet with this guy. Does he know you have a meeting? Well, I think so. <laughs> no, he's never heard of me. I'm way too young. Yeah, so it uh, it really worked out well. So the, the whole point of that is sometimes you got to punch through barriers. Sometimes barriers in your life are time. Sometimes barriers in your life are money. Yep. But if you have a good real estate deal, the money's always going to be there. If you have a dream and you take initiative action, it's always going to happen. You'll make it happen. I definitely think uh, it's a good thing. You know, Mikey, you you bring up your age in that story, your lack of age back then, and uh, you're not even that old now. So let's talk about age for a minute, because age is one of those big old excuses that everyone likes to use. Either, most of the time, I hear that. I'm too old. I wish I would have started sooner. Everyone has that regret. I should have started sooner. If only I had started sooner. I am going to say this, and I will go on record. When I met you and you were 20 years old, one of your first gripes to me was, Tom, I wish I would have started sooner. And I said, uh, gosh, Mikey, any sooner, and you wouldn't have been legally old enough to sign your own contracts. Mommy and daddy would have had to do it for you. And uh, yeah, and they would have because you couldn't come in. So look, was most people are worried about being too old to start in on anything. In your case, you were very young. Some people would argue too young. So how do you think age plays into it all at the end of the day? I think age, you know, if I could go back in time and I knew this when I was 10 years old, I would have done it at 10 years old and hired someone 18. But, you know, I don't think there's any age. I once met a mailman that was 78 years old that bought his first deal. 
So I don't think there's any age really to start. I think there's no time like the present. And I think you're giving up on yourself if you think you're too old or too young. Yep. I totally agree. I think it's one of the biggest BS excuses people tell themselves. The other giant excuse that you can help address as well is, Tom, there's no deals out there. There's no deals in this market. This market's too hot. This market's too cold. This market's too stable. This market's too unstable. This market's too whatever. I've done real estate a long time. I did it in oh. 05, 06, 07. Yep. I did it in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. One yep. thing I can tell you is there's always a deal in any market. <laughs> and anybody tells you there isn't is wrong. Now, sometimes it's the type of deal you're doing, but there's always deals. And there's always deals on all levels. Well, how can you say that with so much confidence? Because I've done deals on all levels in every type of market. So you and I've seen people do deals on all levels in any type of market. Okay. You know, I'm not the only one of, you know, I'm, I'm, there's definitely uh, a lot of people out there with uh, success in all ranges of markets. You know, sometimes I see a bad market is uh, an easier way to get a deal. But I'd say a good yeah. market is a better way to sell a deal for more. Yes. And you know, I say everything averages out. Don't you ever hit a dry spot or a dry spell, a down cycle? No. What do you do to keep consistent? I advertise consistently. Aha. Uh-huh. So, you know, consistent advertising, you know, we do now we're at a, you know, our, our general advertising when we, when we advertise normally, we're a little bit slowed down right now. We are focused on some of our existing assets because we have a lot of juice in orange. We need to fill out some positions. But we, uh, a lot of juice hasn't been squeezed out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but generally we now, and you know, my advertising budget used to be a hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. At one point, I don't think I spent anything. I did Craigslist. Yeah. But in recent years, this may sound for anybody just beginning, this may sound like a lot, but my advertising budget, I spend 25 to 30,000 a month consistently for, uh, you know, the last five years. We just slowed that down over the last four or five months while we were working on some uh, assets. I don't want that number to scare anyone because, and you preface it. But you don't, you don't need that number. You don't need to be spending 25 grand. Here's the thing. We could spend half that number and get twice as many deals. The reason we spend that number is because we're at the point where we can get the low hanging fruit and consistency and bigger deals by spending that number. We know if we spend that number, we can pretty easily take down 10 deals a month. I also know that when I was spending a thousand a month, I could take down a deal. It's what you're going to do with the phone call, what you're going to do with the lead. And sometimes you market, you don't get any calls. It's yep. all in the marketing. I'd say if you have no money and you're just starting out, a really, really good way to get a deal is to cold call. You know, you'd be surprised. You could cold call out of state landlords and have yep. extremely high efficiency, extremely high. But do I have the time to do that? No. If I did have the time, could I get 10 deals off no money? The answer is knowing what I know today. The answer is absolutely yes. I could get 10 deals off no money if I focused 40 hours a week on certain sets of phone calls. Gotcha. And that's only from my experience. What I have realized at first when it took three months to get my first till no, but what happened over the years? I got more and more honed in where it became easier and easier. Now, now I'd have everything else fall apart. So I don't have that option, you know, unless I want to, unless I want to downsize and I don't, you know, I'm, um, we're about to hire an all-star COO, Wall Street-style COO that I'm very happy with. And we're probably going to be hiring 10 more positions here soon. So in my normal business, no, if I can throw a big net out there and I can get the low-hanging fruit, yep. I can be consistent at 10 deals a month. Now, where do you wholesale, Mike? 
well, even though I only go down there once or twice a year, I do very, very well in New Orleans. Okay. I also do Maryland, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. I tried five virtual markets, New Orleans, the ones that one I like the most. So you can wholesale anywhere. You don't yep. have to be there to wholesale. Don't have to be there to do it. You can, uh, there's a service called We Go Look almost anywhere in the country. And there's this service called DocuSign. And you know, yep. so it's, it's amazing what you can do sitting behind your computer. I know one guy that coaches Israelis, actually a mutual friend of mine and Tom's. And he has these Israelis doing hundreds of deals from Israel calling on American numbers. So it's, you can literally, it's, it's amazing what it can become, but it's never going to get there unless you start looking for a deal today. And it takes a couple months. It takes a couple months working yep. with the local mentor. Location doesn't matter. And budget-wise, like you say, the cold calling costs you nothing. So it's not that you need to be spending 25, 30 grand a year. That's when you get up to Mikey's level. A month. You get up a to month. an advanced investor. A month. Yeah, a month. Yeah, 25, 30 grand a month is where you're at. You could be spending zero a month and be bringing in enough deals to have a I was spending month. zero a month. Most of my, my first, even my third so year estate, my advertising budget was 500 a month. Yep. Now, I will say this. I got some friends in uh, Phoenix and California. They're spending 500000 a month marketing, but they've averaged $2.4 million net this year over the marketing. Sure. So they're bringing in about <laughs> Yeah. So it's, so, all, it's all relative. It's all relative. So what we're saying is if you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, you'll have a budget that'll match what your personal goals are, what lifestyle you're trying to achieve. Like personally, Mike, I look and go, I would never want to spend twenty-five, dollars $30,000 a month on marketing because I don't have any desire to do that many deals a month. But that's a lifestyle choice. That's what fits me. You feel differently about it, obviously. And I'm sure every one of our listeners feels different as well because you have as many different attitudes and desires as you do different people. Well, and, and things change. You know, we went 90% rehabbing to where we're 90% wholesaling one major project and a handful of rehabs a year. Yeah. You know, things change over time. Yes. You know, I gave you, I gave everybody a good tip, you know, cold call, Tom has good lists. You'll get deals. You don't need money to do deals in real estate. You need effort. And <laughs> effort. You know, yeah. That's a lot of effort is work and work is basically a four letter word these days. Mike. I still put in hundred hour weeks to get to where I'm at. I'm just now getting to the point where, um, you know, the future looks like I can uh, slow down. Could I have been at that point five years ago? Absolutely. But sometimes you don't see the forest through the trees. You see the trees once you start moving through the forest. That's the way and, you are. You're like an energizer bunny. You go, go, go. I, I think people could tell by the way you talk, right? You go, 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 go. But there's something, there's a part of real estate that fits everybody, fits every personality. You have to find what it is for you. So there's people that go, oh, I would never want rentals or I would never want a wholesale or I would never want to. I think, I think great. it's like starting out that doesn't have a half million in the bank, which I didn't. I barely had any money. Should sure. I say wholesale, build your capital, then look to create wealth and look to create smart wealth. And remember, just because you own a rental property doesn't mean you're not going to have to put money into it. Correct. What it means is you're developing long-term wealth that every month is paying itself down. You're getting appreciation in most cases and you're getting depreciation. So, yes. you know, I'm a big believer in long-term wealth, but there were years along the way I had to put money into my rentals. Yeah. Uh, it takes organization and systems. Tom, you asked me a question earlier. I didn't really answer. What would I have done differently? It would be yeah. easy to say I could have bought the 20 homes in Annapolis. I was offered in a recession for 60000 a piece that are now worth 700000 <laughs> It would be easy to say when guys wanted me to pick up some properties in Phoenix, I should have because they 20X. It would be easy yeah. to say when banks brought me this deal, this deal, or that deal, you know, 12 townhomes and 38 finished townhome lots and 38 unfinished townhome lots for a million bucks, I should have yep. bought it at 10X. 
So what I would have done different, I can't really say I would have had hindsight because that's impossible. Uh-huh. What I would have done different is I would have slowed down. I caused a lot of stress and didn't grow any bigger than I needed to by when I decided I wanted to pick up 100 rental units once banks started working with me and I was going to go to 10 different banks and do it before they could blink. And I said I was going to do it by the age of 29. I was 27. By the age of 29, I had over 200 rental units. <laughs> what did I learn from that? A lot of stress, a lot of unneeded stress. And could I have done the same thing smarter? Yes. Don't be in a rush to... Um, to be the biggest. Don't be in a rush to do the most. Say, hey, here's where I'm at today. You know, I can place my income for 50,000 a year. What does that look like? That looks like one, two, three wholesales. DC probably one. Look at where you want to be at, grow from there. Take your time getting there. Don't do more than you can handle. And as you're doing stuff, think about the time commitment it takes to handle that. Yeah. Me, I never really thought about that. And, you know, I've had seven day work weeks at different times, but I'm extremely grateful and blessed to meet um, people around the world I meet. To um, I've met some pretty interesting people. Actually, my my uh, roommate right now, a good friend of mine, because he lives in um, Florida, but he's up here a week a month and during football season is Santana Moss. Who would have known I'd be buddies with Santana Moss, or who would have known I'd I'd have uh, the relationships around the world I have? It, it all just happened. It came along the way, you know. I meet people. I'm not afraid to talk to people. If you are afraid to talk to people, you can still do good. You can do email. I've never seen you afraid to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm what they call the opposite of an introvert. I like to say a joke. I'm kind of an introvert, but I'm, I'm the uh-huh. Yeah, you're the most extroverted introvert I know. Literally, you know, when I've you've had me up to you know work on your office systems and uh, look at your business and talk and you know right you know and catch up a talk and we go out to eat and. Uh, I'm being walked to the table, sit down. You're talking to the other, uh, the other hostess about a house that's for sale or, you know, who's, and then you come back and go, Tom, well, you know, her and her husband just split up and neither one of them could afford the house. And now I'm going to do that deal with the hostess at the restaurant. It's always amusing what you dig up because you're not afraid to talk to anyone, Mikey. No, I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. Actually, when I first started, I used to tell everybody what I did. I'd be in the yeah. line at Borders, a bookstore, but it's no longer here. And I talked to the four or five people behind me in line and asked them to refer me real estate deals. You know, it's something you can definitely get over. So actually, I've only coached uh, myself, really three people in real estate. And, and one, and I don't coach. It's not something I'm looking to do at all. You know, I'll give people my Instagram. I like uh, being followed, seeing what people are doing. But as far as coaching, it's not something I'm willing to do right now. But I coached Kong with uh, Wholesale to Millions. You know, he has three million TikTok followers. And... Um, he was actually, you know, you see him on his social media and you feel like, man, he must be a natural. I can tell you that's something he had to get over. I'm extremely proud of him. And um, now he'll go up and talk to, you know, anybody. But he certainly started out as quite the opposite. And so what I'm trying to say is you always have room to sell grow. You know, when I used to meet with attorneys, when I first started, my palms used to sweat. When I started real estate, I get nervous in big meetings. Now I can be in front of 800 people up on stage and give a speech with not a hinge of nervousness. You learn to crawl before you learn to walk and you might fall down, but it's all right. It's not that scary. You get back up and keep going. Pick yourself back up. Yeah. Every single time. Mike Fischel, that's incredible. So now you are uh, prince or king of your hometown, the county. Everyone wants you to do more development work. I'm just uh, somebody that cares about the community. I got it. That, which is fantastic. 
I saw something on a video of you that was, they said they were treating you like the favorite son of the town because they said, we just believe in you so much because we've never seen anyone so excited about our town. So I don't post this stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't post most of my newspaper articles yeah. just because I, I've been able to create relationships with high enough level people around the world where I don't want to, where I'm very careful yep. about what I post. But, you know, I've proven two times when people thought I would fail. I did two city partnerships where, you know, 150,000 was contributed on the first one, 600,000 in dollar for dollar or cash equivalent. And cash was contributed on the second one. And that's given me the ability to do the third one. You know, a a senator um, and I were recently on the phone with uh, the state on a Zoom meeting. And the senator said, you know, every time I've doubted Mike Fitzgerald, I've been wrong. You know, when he says he's going to do it no matter what. And, you know, that's been my that's been my attitude. I got there by proving myself and living up to my commitments, no matter how bad, you know, I had a um, high end condo project that looked like a dream deal, but I lost money on it. I finished it. I didn't bankrupt the LLC. I did what I was supposed to do. So I believe in life. If you have integrity, you do what you're supposed to do. You follow through no matter what. Uh, No matter how hard you have to work, you live up to your commitments. You're going to get very far in life. I think that's fantastic advice overall for any level that you're at. Beginner, intermediate, advanced, everything in between. You be a man or woman of your words. Stick to what you say. Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Because that builds a reputation, which builds people's trust in you. And the more and more starts to flow your way naturally. I agree. Awesome. Mikey, fantastic. Great catching up with you. Thank you for your candor. Thanks for all your great tips. This is another podcast episode that needs to be listened to a few times to really absorb everything that's been said and think about how to apply it into your own life, guys. I hold you and your family dearly. I know what a good father you are. I know your wife's awesome. You're awesome. I know you genuinely uh, care about people and I actually, I, I turned down more podcasts than I'm on. Uh, and that's true. I turned down two this week and um, I've been on about a half dozen. I've been offered to be on 60. I'm on Tom's podcast because I know he's a good guy. I know that he cares about people. And I know if you genuinely want to get started and you're genuinely going to take um, action, that he can give you the, you know, the start you really need. You know, a lot of it is uh, having the belief and, um, and uh, without the division of proceeds agreement uh, that I did with Tom, it would have been hard to do my first deal. And, uh, you know, I can say stick with it and really think about a mentor no matter where you're at. If you're serious, if you're not serious and you're not ready to move forward, then this is something you shouldn't do. But if you're if you're serious, um, you want to change your life, you want to get into real estate wholesaling when you make a commitment, you know, writing a check does nothing. Having a mentor does nothing. Listening to what a mentor said and taking action does everything. So if you're willing to do that in your heart of hearts, then it's the right decision in my mind. That's fantastic, Mikey. And I'm glad, you know, one of the reasons I don't, I don't use that specific contract you mentioned as often, but I've kept it in my kit because of you, because I know how well it's done for you over the years. So it's not something I've done it over the years. In the beginning, it helped because like 15 of my first 17 deals were no money down. But that's actually got very popular today yes. with houses that have some equity, but not enough to wholesale it. And uh, some of the biggest investors in the country are doing that 100 times a year. They call yeah. it different. They don't call it a division of proceeds, but sure. it's the same concept. That's what my attorney, that's how we wrote it up at the time. So no, it, it, I didn't come up with fancier names for it, like Novation. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I don't like fancy names. I like names that at least can make sense. Divisional proceeds. It is what it says and it does what it says. So that's, I'm glad that you're able to lean back on some of your initial training, even 17 years later and hundreds of deals later and gazillions of dollars later. It's nice that you still, a foundation is doing what a foundation is supposed to do and that's keep everything stable so you can build as much as you want on top. The biggest thing with a mentor, the biggest thing it, it did for me was it keeps you moving, doing what you're supposed to do and getting things done. And I'd say division of proceeds, absolutely right. I still look to use that today in uh, situations where it makes sense. But having someone there to hold you accountable and to, um, and to give you the tools and actually using the tools will put you where you want to be. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mikey, one thing you don't know is that when you send me your newspaper clippings and whatnot, and you know, there's, there's you in front of a new building that you built, or that you're rebuilding, and a building in your downtown that you're repositioning and revitalizing and bringing life back into it. A lot of times I've shared those with my own mother. And oh. my mother said to me one day, she goes, she goes, man, that, you coached that kid years ago. He's done really, really well. Like, who I got to send you some more. <laughs> if you go online and you put uh, Michael Fitzgerald, Hagerstown, Maryland, yep. developer of real estate, the first four pages have a ton of stuff. Well, I don't um, want to overwhelm my mother. I'll, I'll pick them out one by one and send them over to you. But, uh, I would have never proud of you, Mikey. My mother's proud of you. We're all proud of you. I'm I would have really never <laughs> thought that in the, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have nothing special. I just uh, do it. You know, awesome. everybody has something they're strong at. Look to exploit your strengths. So to some people, it's going to be uh, different than my strengths. Everybody's different. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Michael Fitzgerald, also known as Mikey. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks uh, for being here. Mike to the fits on Instagram. That's Mike, M-I-K-E. Yep. Number two, the T-H-E fits, F-I-T-Z on Instagram. Mike to the fits. Yes. All right. At Instagram. Awesome, guys. Fantastic, Michael. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Your next step is to visit GetTractionPodcast.com. Happy wholesaling. 